halfway through February, last week of the U Sports basketball regular season. Playoffs actually start this weekend in the Canada West Conference. Yep. So we wrap it up. Postseason is around the corner. It's time. Postseason is here. What's up, everybody? My name is Deshaun Stevens. It's your boy, Daniel Noel. And welcome to the Ballin' Up podcast, the show where we talk about university basketball up here in Canada. Daniel, talk to me. How you been, bro? I've been good. Trying to stay on top of midterms and everything. But also trying to stay on top of OUA and U Sports, just madness in basketball. Like, now it's a playoff season. I feel like the season went by so quickly, though, didn't it? I feel like just yesterday we were recording our first episode. I feel like just yesterday we were making picks of who we think is going to win it all and preseason picks and all that stuff. I feel like just yesterday we were going over players and teams to look out for. And now here we are, literally, like, almost done. It, it, it felt like it went by quick. And I feel like every week we sit here and we say the same thing. We just keep saying, wow, this past weekend was absolute madness. Every single week has been absolute madness in U sports, men's and women's basketball. But listen, this week, we're going to take a step back a little bit and we're going to focus on the U sports women's basketball scene. All right. We're going to highlight the women this week, talk a lot about the women this week, because this year's U sports women's basketball season has been one to remember. I think it's been probably the most exciting that we've been following. And I think there's just so much to uncover. So, Daniel, I want to ask you one question to start things off. Give me your answer. You ready? What's one team you wouldn't want to see in the U Sports basketball playoffs? It could be an OUA team, Canada West team, AUS team, RCQ team, if you choose to go over to Quebec. What's one team you think nobody wants to see in this year's playoffs? Honestly, I, I think it's the McMaster Marauders. With, with Sarah Gates, when you have that player leading the helm going into playoffs, I think that that's a team you don't want to see. You don't want to see Sarah Gates in there because you know that you're going to have to triple teamer, double teamer. Someone's going to be open. And that's a, that's a risk you don't want to take, especially in the playoffs. And they also have a good record as well, too. So they're going to get some home games as well throughout the playoffs. So I, I think that's a very scary team you do not want to see. I don't, like a determined Sarah Gates, I don't know if you want to see her. One team I wouldn't want to see in the U Sports playoffs, specifically in the OUA playoffs. And you know where I'm going with this one. Look at you. You're shaking your head because you know. <laughs> Bro, don't say that. Don't say that to you. <laughs> you, know, you know where I'm going with this one. <laughs> Take it away. Take it away, bro. If there's one team that I would not want to see in the U Sports basketball playoffs, specifically in the OUA, it's the defending national champion, TMU Bowl. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. At the beginning of the season, this team started off 0-3. I remember sitting here in this seat weeks ago saying, that this team's going to finish at the bottom, that this team is done, that this team is washed, that this team might finish with the worst record in the country. Yet here they are a little over eight and a half weeks later, sitting 13 and seven in their division with a chance to win their division. The turnaround of this team has been amazing. They're on a six game winning streak right now. Can you believe that? If I sat here in November, Daniel, talking to you and telling you TMU would crack off a six game winning streak to close a season and potentially finish a season on a seven or eight game winning streak, you would have probably thought I was crazy. I would have thought I was crazy. I would have thought I was drunk. Okay. But here they are with the opportunity to sweep Brock, your Brock Badgers to finish on a seven game winning streak or eight game winning streak. Look at the teams that TMU has beaten this season. They've beaten the Guelph Griffins when they were undefeated. They beat the Ottawa Gigi's when they were the number one team in the nation. And they beat the McMaster Marauders when they were on 
a nine-game win streak, when they were hot, when they were in the midst of their most dominant stretch in the season. No team, aside from the Queens Gales, have been able to beat these three teams this season. But on top of that, I'm looking at this team, and I'm saying they lost to Carlton, but they showed in that game that they could bang with Carlton, tie that halftime, gave up the lead in the third. And of course, Carlton, number one team in the nation, did what they did, championship pedigree, through to the end. I'm looking at Rachel uh, Farwell. She's a top 20 scorer in the country. We said this team has no pieces this year, but this veteran right here is stepping up, averaging 17.6 points per game, 17th in the nation. Not top 10, but she's top 20. So they have their person. I think this is a team that's capable of beating anyone in the OUA, even, possibly even, those Queens Gales. Okay, so I'm looking at TMU Bold, and I'm saying this is a team that I would not want to see in the OUA playoffs this year. Talk to me, Daniel. I think they're, they're a good team. They made a good turnaround. But when I look at one thing that you and I both said and agreed on, they have arguably the best home court advantage in the OUA. All those wins that you mentioned came at home. TMU right now, they're in the seventh seed, supposed to host Western in round one of the playoffs. The quarterfinals, they got to play Carlton. They got to go to Ottawa and play Carlton. I, I don't see them going to Ottawa and knocking off the Ravens. I hear that. I hear that. But you know what? If there's one team that I could put my money on to go on the road and give any OUA powerhouse a run for their money, I'm looking at TMU Bold. I'm looking at TMU Bold, and I agree with you. All the games that they've won, the major games that they've won, have been at home. Ottawa, at home. Guelph, at home. Mac, the Carlton game, it happened at home. All their great performances have been at home. And now, here's where we're going to learn a lot about this team when they enter the playoffs. Because if they want to make a run, they got to turn to Road Warriors. And they got to hop on the road and they got to win games. They got to win out. So we're going to learn a lot about this team, hit playoff season, and really see what is the true ceiling of this team. Because here's a team that's coming back, championship pedigree. Remember, they won a national championship on the road. They won an OUA championship on the road, right? So can they reignite that, that championship pedigree that they had one year ago and make a similar run? Okay, hold on. Let's move on to the next question. All right, so I'm going to build off that question. So we just talked about one, play, one team you wouldn't want to see in the playoffs. Let's just be real. But what's one U Sports women's basketball team that you just see winning it all in 2023, going all the way to the national championship? Queens Gales. Queens Gales. This is a team that they've just been the best team in the country. They haven't, you know, really got that number one shine as much as the other teams, but they've just been consistent. They only lost one game. I get, yes, it was a blowout at Carlton, but they're in a position right now where it looks like they secured the number one seed if everything goes well this weekend. All the games would be playing at in, in Kingston, this, um, this upcoming playoffs, I think they're in a good position right now. They're led by Julia Chadwick, as we both know, is a star. They also have Laura Donovan out there as well, too, as a second contributor to Julia Chadwick's performances. And they just have a lot of depth and good defense. Last year, they were the youth sports bronze medalist. If I had to put my money down on an OUA champion, it would be them. And a youth sports champion, I'd take that gamble as well, too. To be honest with you, I think TMU is going to win OUA championship. Look at you. You're shaking your head. <laughs> Bro, you had them winning, like, no games this season. Now well, I understand. I understand. But things change. Things, things change. Things change. I'm looking at this team right now, and I'm saying I believe in this team. They've shown me enough to change how I feel, and I think they have the best coach in the country. And so I think, listen, if there's one coach who I'm trusting – to turn it up come playoff season, 
and pull off an upset and make a run on the road to a conference championship is Carly Clark. I'm sorry. So I think I think TMU is going to win the OUA championship. We'll see about that. And listen, if I'm wrong, then you know what? I'm wrong. I think I think Regina is going to win the national championship. I think Regina is going to win the national championship. I'm looking at this team. This team is this team is stacked, and I can't I cannot give Jade Belmore enough flowers. I think she's the best wing in the country. Um, but the reality is this: when she's on, that team is on. The good thing is they've had a couple of losses this season that have been suspect, but I always say that some of your best lessons are learned when you lose. And I'm looking at Queens and I'm saying, this is a team that's only lost one game. Have they really learned enough? Have they really learned what it's like to face adversity? Have they really learned what it's like to really have your back against the wall? Do they know what it's like to feel losses? You know, and I think when I look at Regina, I look at how many times they've lost. They've lost in a healthy amount of games this year for me to look at them and say, hey, they've lost a couple games. They're not a bad team. They're still an amazing team. But I can look at their losses, which have been a little bit suspect at times, and say, I feel like this team has learned from that adversity. So I'm going to take the adversity that Regina has been through, the losses that they've experienced, combined with the fact that they're led by the best wing in the nation and i'm going to take the regina cougars to win a national championship in 2023 you have any thoughts on that daniel i hear you bro but this is this is the thing that's really the adversity in queens okay when queens lost to carlton it was 64 32 queens doubled (laughs) carlton doubled queens score okay that's a lot of adversity right there you go undefeated the whole season then you get doubled on like, come on, that's a lot of adversity right there. They bounced back. They haven't lost the game since. And I think that game right there was just like, you know what? We're never getting beat like that again. We got to turn it up every game we go into. We're going to kill. Okay, but here's the thing. I understand getting blowed out, getting beat down, right? Getting literally outscored times two. But have they lost any close games down the stretch? No, they've only lost one game, right? So their only loss has been legitimately like a true beatdown. If the Queens Gales lose a game in the playoffs, I doubt it's going to be a beatdown. You know, I'm, I, I could put down a lot of money that if they lose a game in the playoffs, it's going to be a shootout, high scoring, fourth quarter affair that might just come down to who has the ball last. Right. And I just don't think the Queens Gales have been in that situation. Uh, tasted adversity in that situation, knowing what it's like to blow a close game, lose a lead late in the game, blow a lead. Look at Look at, for example, look at the Carlton Ravens on the men's side. I don't want to make a comparison over, on, over to the men's side, but the Carlton Ravens on the men's side have become such a better team over the last couple of weeks because of the adversity that they faced throughout January. They had that game where they lost to Toronto, came down to the final shot. They had that game where they blew a 25-point lead to TMU. They faced adversity. And they were like, okay, we know what it feels like now to lose a game in the last seconds. We know what it feels like now to blow a lead. And then as we followed them throughout the season, when we saw them face Queens the, the next come, upcoming weeks, one of the things you and I talked about was like, damn, they're facing such similar situations to the games which they lost, but they were so well-trained to really respond the right way. So I look at Queens and I say, how well-trained is Queens to really respond the right way? Um, the reality is this. They've shown this year that, you know, they're the best team in the OUA, but 
you know what? Let's say they do win the OUA, which there's a high percent chance they will. I still think it's going to be TMU when they hop now into that national tournament, right? And Jay Belmore comes knocking on that door, <laughs> right? Or Acadia comes knocking on that door. Or Cecilia Chadwick will answer. She will Chadwick's going to answer? Chadwick's going to answer the door? Chadwick's going to answer the door? Okay, listen, Julia Chadwick going to answer the door, but let's see what their reaction is. I'm curious to see what their reaction is. But listen, here, here we go. Let's switch things over now. I, I think a big thing that we've been focused on over the last couple of weeks, our regular season awards. Last week, we took some time to really go through who we think are going to be the conference MVPs. And this week, we're going to switch things up. Let's talk a little bit about all Canadian teams, but specifically on the women's side. We put together our first team all-Canadian list. We got a forward, we got a wing, and we got two guards for our all-Canadian teams. All right, Daniel, I want to start first. If you want to start first, I'll let you start first. I want you to go. You want me to go? I want you to go. I want you to go. You want me to go? Okay, okay. Here we go. I, you know, you're very excited about this list. You're very happy, so I'm, I'm, I'm very interested to see the results you came up with. I had a lot of fun making this list. I ain't even going to lie to you. I had a lot of fun making this list. At forward, my first team All-Canadian. Come on, man. You know what I'm going to go with. I've been saying these names all season. I'm going with Kiara Letlow, all right, from Cape Breton. And listen, I listed all the stats last week for her, my case for why she should be the, the, the AUS Women's MVP. I'm going to list them again. She's currently averaging 20.3 points per game, sixth in U Sports. She's averaging 16.4 rebounds per game, first in U Sports. She's shooting 53.3% from the field. She has 11 games of 20 or more points. She has 13 games of 15 or more rebounds, and she has 16 double-doubles on the season. That's as dominant as it gets. I don't think there's any forward in the nation that has that type of resume this season. So Kiara Letlow, I think she's going to be the All-Canadian. And I think uh, at, that, at that position, at least first-team All-Canadian, I also think you got to give it to her because she ain't going to get no you know, success with that team she's on right now, right? So you got to give her some love. You can't just let her walk away this season without getting any love, right? So... I got her as my first team All-Canadian forward. Here we go. At the wing position. You know who I got. Come on, man. I got Jay Belmore, bro. <laughs> I got Jay Belmore. I got Jay Belmore from Regina. And I went over the, the stats last week about why I think she should be Canada West MVP. But I'll just repeat them. Currently averaging 19.2 points per game, ninth in U Sports. All right. Currently averaging 9.9 rebounds per game, ninth in U Sports. And she has 94 assists on the season, which is third in U Sports. So you have a person who's top 10 in points, rebounds, and assists. I don't think there's anyone in the nation that's doing that right now. And then she has nine games of 20 or more points. Um, she scored 300. She has scored 384 total points on the season. That's fifth in U Sports. All right. And she's made 199 field goals. That's third in U Sports. And we're seeing a player who can truly do it all. That's why I went on a limb last week and I said, I truly believe Jade Belmore along with Kiara Letlow, are the two most pro-ready players in the country. Jay Belmore might be a step above Letlow just because of her ability to dish out the ball and make her teammates look good. Whereas Letlow is more of like an in-the-paint, old-school, um, you know what I'm saying, power-forward-center type of player. Uh, Jay Belmore is, like you said like you said to me, she's a hybrid, right? So she, she represents the modern, um, you know, the modern wing, I guess. That's the word we're using these days in basketball. So I got her uh, guard, my first guard. I got Sarah Gates. I don't think any surprises there. I got to put a nation's leading score on there. And I think she's going to be OUA MVP. Another thing I talked about last week. And then for my second guard, all right, I got Kiana Giles from Winnipeg. I, I, this, was, this was tough for me because it was between her and Ceciliano. 
And but I'm looking at I'm looking at Keanu Giles and and the reality is this: she's fourth in the nation in scoring. She's averaging 21.7 points per game, but and she also has 92 assists on the season. That's fifth in U Sports, and then she also has 44 steals, which is 15th in the nation. So you have someone who's among the top five when it comes to points per game. You have someone who's among the top five when it comes to assists, dishing it out, making their teammates look good. And then you have someone who's in the top 15 in, in a defensive statistic. Um, I'm looking at Ceciliano. Her game is all scoring. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It's scoring. Okay. Uh, so I'm looking at Keanu Giles and she's able to make her teammates look good. She's able to get it done on the defensive end. And she's been doing that for years. So I got her as my second guard. But yeah, my all-Canadian list for the women's team, first team all-Canadian, forward, let low, wing, Belmore, uh, guard number one, Gates, and uh, guard number two, I got Giles. Yo, I, I like that list a lot. I like that list a lot. There's no arguing there because, truthfully, I have four players from your list on my list as well, truth be told. You see the paper, bro, is, is here, is here. I got Let Low, I got Belmore, I got Giles, and I got Sarah Gates. But the only difference is I got Haley McDonald in my U Sports All-Canadian team, all right? Last week, we sat here and argued who should win a U.S. MVP, MVP between Haley McDonald and Kiara Letlow. Both arguments were valid. But, like, right now, bro, she's second in the country in scoring. Like I said, 14-3 record. That doesn't really matter now because we're talking about first team All-Canadian. But she's averaging 22 points, five rebounds, five assists. She hasn't scored under double digits all season long. The lowest point she scored is 13. If that doesn't speak volume, I don't know. And not to mention that, too. Fun fact for you, she actually has more career points than Sarah Gates. Did you know that? Just putting that out there. Just putting that out there. As of right now, she holds the following Axe Woman records for Acadia. Number one, most points. Number one, most field goals. Number one, most free throws. Number one, most three points made. Number one, most assists. Let's say Haley McDonald. She's just having a good season. She's number one for everything in Acadia. And don't come here saying that Acadia doesn't have a winning history because they've had a really good history running the AUS right now. Haley McDonald, I'm putting her in my all-Canadian first team just because of what she's been doing this season. She's been putting on for Nova Scotia. Okay. I can't even argue that. But I will say this. You talk about all-time records. I think you talk about all-time records there. We talk about just this season. Put some respect on her name for those all-time records. I ain't even going to lie. Yeah. No, there was a sold-out crowd. I watched the game. Everyone came out to watch her play. It was a big ceremony. You could really tell the people of Nova Scotia came out to support her and they respect what she's been doing as well, too. And I was just impressed when she's number one in five like categories, points made, field goals, free throws, three-pointers, and assists. You got to give credit where it's due. She's had a terrific season. And last season, she had a good season as well, too, but I think she's upped her game to that next level. Like I said, after Sarah Gage, she's the number two um, scorer in the country, so... Kiana Giles, I had, I did have a tough time between her and Siciliano too. I, I won't lie, but I think it's just because that Winnipeg is playing, and like you say, that you say the OUA East is a bloodbath or OUA Central is a bloodbath, but the Canada West Women's is actually a bloodbath too because everyone's playing everyone. All the top teams are playing each other. There's no weird scheduling this year where it's like Winnipeg is not going to get a chance to face, you know, Regina. They face, they split the series. Keanu Giles, she put it like, oh, Giles, she's been playing at her peak performance this year. I think she deserves it. Um, as I mentioned too, like if Jade Belmore doesn't win Canada West MVP, I think it got to be Keanu Giles. Um, Kiara Letlow as well. We don't need to speak more about Kiara Letlow. You and I both know. We argued that last week. 
And I, it hurt me too because I knew she's such a good player, but I was just leaning towards I was leaning towards McDonald a little bit more. But this is the first team all Canadian. It doesn't matter who you are, what team you play for, what your record are. If you're hooping, you're gonna get love. One thing we can agree on is when it comes to Keanu Giles and Siciliano, they're really seen in the same light by a lot of you sports basketball fans. And I think there's a lot of people who, if they were to sit down with us and do a similar exercise and say, like, yo, who's going to be all Canadian at each spot? I think a lot of people have trouble between those two. And I think for me, even just watching, you know, Keanu Giles and, and some, of her, some of her tape, you really see the work she puts on the defensive end. You know, I, I've, I've heard it so many times. People say, like, oh, steals, steals don't count as actual defense. No, no, no. Steals count as real defense. Steals count as real defense. Yeah, I know you're shaking your head. There's no way people said that. Of course, people have been saying it for years. Don't you remember Steph Curry led the league in steals like three straight seasons and people are like, oh, steals are not defense. That's not real defense. No, steals, that's real defense. Okay, steals count as real defense. If I see you're 15th in the country in steals, then you are a top defender in this nation. You know, so there was one game where she had 26 points and nine steals. There you go. There you go. There you go. So you're double double in steals. Come on, man. Exactly. So the defensive aspect is what puts her over the top of Siciliano. Um, I like that you finally have put some respect on Kiara Letlow's lame and just just admitted. <laughs> just admitted. Because <laughs> right now, in my opinion, there was a player from Saskatchewan that I was gonna put on the list. No, 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 I, no. And, and you know what? You know, I'm gonna keep it 100 percent honest with you. I, I was writing yesterday, I was doing my notes yesterday. I had Chadwick over Belmore. I looked over oh Belmore's gosh. stats and I said, you know what? I got to give respect where it's due. 20 points, basically 10 rebounds and five assists. Got to give credit where it's due. And I feel like in terms of facilitation, Julia Chadwick can't see Jade Belmore in that level. No, she can't. You know? So so that's no. why I stuck with the list. I knew I put the list. I was right there. I took team records out of it. I focused on just true skill, player, and that's it. No, 100%. No, I think, listen, Jade Belmore, in my opinion, I truly believe in my heart. One day we'll be seeing her play for Canada. Like, I truly believe we'll one day be seeing both Belmore and Letlow playing for Canada, representing this country, like in the Olympics or something. Like, that's what I'm at. Because to be honest with you, I'm looking at Letlow and Belmore. People are going to listen to me and say, this guy's crazy. I think those are two balls that could bang in any conference. And to be honest, I think they could hold their own in that other university league that we don't want to talk about down south. In that country below us. You see what I'm saying? Sure. I think I think they can hold their own down south. Okay, so I'm looking at Belmore. I'm looking at Letlow. I think they're just, they're pro-ready players. I think they're pro-ready players. And they got some years ahead of them. I'm excited to see where they go. So you got to you gotta put respect on their name. We got to put respect on their name for sure. Okay, Daniel, let's close off today's episode by going over both the men's and women's youth sports basketball top 10. And let's start on the women's side. Keep things consistent because we've been on that theme of talking about the women's scene in at number one we got the carlton ravens with an 18 and 2 record at number two we have the saskatchewan huskies with a 17 and 3 record at number three the queens gales with a 19 and 1 record number four the regina cougars with a 17 and 3 record number five the bishop skaters with a 12 and 2 record number six the acadia axe women with a 14 and 3 record number seven the winnipeg westmen with a 15 and 5 record number eight the alberta pandas with a 15 and five record number nine, the Ottawa GGs they're, they're hanging on. They're hanging on with a 17 and four record and number 10, the UFV cascades with a 14 and six record. Daniel, listen, playoffs basically start next week. Seating is basically settled for a lot of these teams and a lot of these conferences. 
just talk me through the top 10. Just give me your thoughts. We kind of know what the playoff picture looks like right now for a lot of these teams, but let me know what you're feeling. So I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not a fan of Carlton being number one. I don't, I don't think I'm a fan of it. And it's nothing against Carlton. It's just the fact that I get Carlton beat Queens. But Queens also beat Carlton as well. We have to take that into consideration. They're in the same division, so they play each other twice. They split the season series. Again, though, Carlton also lost to Brock. Queens hasn't lost since that Carlton game, but Queens is in there at three. Sask, I still think Sask is a better case to be the number one team than Carlton, and that's not taking anything away from Carlton now. Secondly, though, like, besides what the records say, I think Bishops is too high, man. I honestly think when I'm looking at the list and I'm looking at teams number six through ten, in a 1v1, like, series, like, playoffs, like, I could see Winnipeg beating Bishops easily. Alberta beating Bishops, Ottawa beating Bishops, and Fraser Valley beating Bishops as well, too, if it really comes down to it. So them being at five over Winnipeg and even Ottawa is just like, I don't know how I feel about that. But other than that, it's a good list. But Bishops is a little too high there. I don't think Carlton is ready to be that number one team yet. My question when it comes to Bishops is how many games do they even play in the RCQ? I'm looking at the amount of games that Bishops has. 14 games. They played for like, <laughs> why, is the, why is the schedule in the RCQ significantly shorter or lighter than all these other conferences is the real question, right? Like, I don't know why, but I think to be honest, the only, the only like issue that I have with this list is just, you know, seeing Queens in there, number three. Uh, they're the only team on this list that has one loss, right? And I think the punishment that you get for being a number one team and losing a game is just too drastic, right? And I think you look at this list and you have all these teams that have multiple losses. There's only one team on this list that has one loss and they're not, they're not the number one team in the nation. Uh, it's a little bit weird, you know what I yeah, think? and also considering the fact that they beat the number one team too, they split the season series. So it's like... Exactly. exactly. So I just think... Not having Queens in a number one is the only thing that stands out to me. But I, I think, aside from that, this list is okay so far. Yeah, I don't think Carlton is the number one team in the nation at this moment in time. I think they've had a good run in the second half of the season. I think they've been solid the last couple of weeks, but I don't think they're the number one team. I have a question for you, though. Do you think McMaster Women's, as of right now, deserves to be on this top ten? I think they do. I think they do. Uh, I think when you look at this season they've had, I think for where they started being three and three and then going basically three months without losing a game. And then you lose a game to a team that had 12 wins at the time now has 13 wins. I think that is not worth being kicked off the top 10 for. But again, I think at the end of the day, even though the TMU bold are a 12 now 13 win team, they're still seen as a unranked team. And I think when you have a ranked team losing to an unranked team. People see it as quote unquote, an upset. They just look at, is this team ranked or not? They don't look at the record. They don't look at how TMU has been playing. They're not taking into consideration that TMU was on a five game winning streak entering that game. And now they're on a six game winning streak. And that TMU realistically is one of the hottest teams in the nation right now. Statistically, no one's looking at that. They're just looking at the simplicity of, is this team ranked or not? Me personally, I don't think that's the way to go. I think you got to look at the entire story. Um, me seeing TMU beat McMaster. I don't think it was an upset at all. I thought it was a very well possible outcome, right? So, but I don't think it was something to 
take McMaster off the list for. I think if anything, you move them down a, a number. They were at number eight last week. So why not move them down to number nine or number 10? But then on top of that, my thing is, can we maybe squeeze in TMU someday? Like, you know what I'm saying? Can we get TMU in there someday? I know you, you're looking, no, at, me, no, you know, you're looking know. at me crazy. Listen, I know. I know you're looking at me crazy. But UFV has six losses. They have six losses and 14 wins. TMU has 13 wins and seven and seven losses. So they're they're really and truly, it's it, it's an identical record there, to be honest. It's really a one win, one loss thing. I know you're shaking your head. I know you disagree with me, but the reality is this TMU, they have a chance to be a rank. I'm telling you right now, listen, we're gonna be sitting here next week, and there's listen to me, listen to me. I know you're shaking your head. I know you're shaking your head. I know you disagree with me, but just listen. Next week, listen, if TMU wins both their games this weekend and they go into next week with a 15-7 and seven record, there is a very good possibility that you and I could be sitting here next week talk about the 10th-ranked TMU Bold. All right, listen. You went to Waterloo, right? Absolutely. Water, water, water. You haven't mentioned the Waterloo women's basketball team who are 16-4 and four once, once. You're going to put them team over them? No, no, no. But, like, hear me out, though. They're 16-4, and four, and they haven't lost on the road this season. They're 8-0 and 0 on the road this season. They're 16-4. and four. But you're going to put TMU over them because, what, they won the championship last year? No, like, no, 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 right no, 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 no. Hold on. First off, first off, listen, I went to Waterloo, but I don't have any uh, current Waterloo connections or anything like that. I'm a free agent. <laughs> okay? I'm a you're free all nomadic. No, no, you're no. We don't, we don't bring that up here. Okay? Free agent right now. Second, second, question for you. How many ranked opponents has Waterloo beaten this season? They have not beat ranked opponents, but they are 8-0 and on the road. 16-4. and They have a better record. Like, whatever, they, who they beat, who they lost, they just have a better record than a lot of teams that we're arguing, like, TMU to be put in there right now. TMU, that, that, that's just my point. I get you. I get you. But TMU has a win over the number one ranked team in the nation at the time that was undefeated. That might be the biggest win of the season. Like literally one of the biggest wins of the season to beat the number one team in the nation that's unranked. How many times do you have that opportunity? Think about how many teams have had the opportunity this season to go up against the number one ranked team in the nation that was undefeated. Now it's not possible anymore because everyone has a loss, right? But over the first three months of the season, think about how many teams had that opportunity and how many teams actually came through and fulfilled that mission of beating the number one team in the nation. That was undefeated at the time. Not many. Not many. They, they haven't beaten any ranked opponents. TMU just beat McMaster, brother. They were on a nine-game winning streak. They were one of the hottest teams in the OUA. Sarah Gates was the talk of the town. She still is. She still is the talk of the town. Might be MVP. The, the OUA, during those nine weeks, were really headlined by the McMaster Marauders. And, of course, the Queens Gales. So I'm looking at TMU. I, I understand. But I think TMU's... You know, 13 and segment record right now is way more impressive than Waterloo's record. And you know what? Listen, kudos to kudos to the Waterloo women's team, though. A couple of years ago, we wouldn't be talking about them and playoffs in the same sentence. And now we're talking about them and playoffs in the same sentence. So that program has come a long way, clearly, over the last couple of years. But they have not accomplished what TMU has done this season. I don't think they're I don't think Waterloo and TMU are even in the same stratosphere. To be honest, yeah, I know your eyes are. I know your eyes are open, but that's truly what I believe. I hear you. Like the team, Ottawa lost to TMU, and 
TMU is that team that they win at home. But when you see a team like Waterloo, who has won on the road, gone eight and zero, the only team in the OUA to go undefeated on the road, and they're also the number three seed right now. It's Queens at number one, Carlton number two, and then bang at number three, it's Waterloo. But you don't find Waterloo anywhere on the on the top ten. But then at four, you have McMaster, who was you know was on and off the list. So it's just like why are we and Ottawa too? Ottawa is fifth and based on standings. Waterloo's third, but Waterloo is nowhere to be found on the top ten. But just has to, it just brings to my attention. It's just like, okay, are we just going to disrespect this team here because historically they've been bad? Question for you. Answer honestly. Waterloo and Ottawa face off today. Who you got? Answer honestly. A healthy Ottawa team. I'm thinking a healthy Ottawa team over Waterloo. Okay, 100%. okay, okay. Done, 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 done. Here you go. Waterloo versus Carlton today. Who you got? Imagine who you got. Who's home? It don't matter. It could be whoever you want. Carlton. Carlton. Okay. Honestly, Carlton. Okay. Waterloo versus Queens today. Who you got? Queens. Okay. Waterloo versus McMaster today. Who you got? Waterloo. Okay. I'm going to ask you that again. And I'm going to ask you one more time to be honest. Waterloo versus, Waterloo versus McMaster today. Who you got? I have Waterloo. Oh. I have. I genuinely have Waterloo. Oh my gosh! So you Those think the Waterloo people... Warriors? So you don't think Sarah Gates is going to come up in there and dissect that defense, tear them apart? Like I, said, I, I don't want to see McMaster in the playoffs, but Waterloo right now they're, they're in a good position right now to like host a few playoff games. If they if they go right now, they can either face Guelph or York, put them into a game against Carlton, which I think that Carlton could win, but. Same time, like we can't sleep on this Waterloo team. They don't have an easy schedule where they say they're losing games. You know what I mean, the four games they lost was to Guelph when they're undefeated, Ottawa, Carlton, and Queens. So those are four teams that are on the top ten. Well, three teams that are on the top ten. Okay, one more question for you. Hit me. Waterloo versus TMU right now. Waterloo. Waterloo. No, 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 bro, bro. <laughs> My goodness. My goodness, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> nah, bro, I, I gotta I gotta give them their credit where it's due. I think they deserve the credit, and I'm gonna give it to them again. Waterloo, again, big ups to the Waterloo Warriors women's basketball team. They have come a long way from where they were years ago. Again, we would never be talking about Waterloo women's basketball and playoffs in the same sentence. We wouldn't be talking about Waterloo women's basketball and the three seed in the same sentence. All right, but lo and behold, that's where they are today. But I just don't think this is a team, one, that deserves to be in the top 10 just because of, you know, the quality of their wins versus I'm looking at the quality of TMU's wins, right? And then two, I don't think this is a legitimate contender to win an OUA championship. I don't think they've done enough to prove that to us. I'm going to be real with you. If there was a team, like a top-tier team in the OUA that I could put money on that might get upset in the first round, bounced yo it, it could very well be they could very well lose to guelph in the second round but as of right now the record is 16 and 4 they're 8 and 0 on the road they have a valid case to be in the top 10 kind of just like a bracket where it's like the first four out and i think like before we talk about tmu should we look at waterloo and really ask them i understand what you're saying good argument but 
like I said, the record speaks for itself. They're winning games and they're playing in the same conference as TMU. They're playing the same team. And they also beat TMU as well, too, to put that out there. Hold on now. They're three seed. So that means they're going to get a couple home games, right? So that means, based on their record, that means they're in trouble. That, no, that, no, no, no. Seriously, seriously. Let's be real. You, so clearly, this team plays better on the road. And they've been playing good on the road. They're undefeated on the road. Only team in the only way to be undefeated on the road. Put them in that three seed. All this, all of this just to get a home playoff game. To potentially play in where you're least comfortable. Not least comfortable, where you, but where you don't pull out your best performances. So that's why I think truly, if there's a team that might get upset in the first round, it might be Waterloo because when they do lose, it happens at home. They play their best basketball on the road. And the reality is, because they're the three seed, if they want to get to a place where they can play their best basketball based on environment, they're going to have to make a deep playoff run, which means they're going to have to win their home games first so that they can go on the road in the later rounds and eventually play for a championship on the road, right? But you got to take care of business at home first, and that's where they lose their games. Also, you said, oh, they, they lost to Guelph, right? You know mm-hmm. who beat Guelph? TMU. TMU. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Let's switch over to the men's side. Men's top 10. Not much has changed. I mean, a little bit's changed. Actually, a lot's changed. I got to recorrect myself. In at number one, we have the Victoria Vikes with a 17-3 and record. Still number one. Number two, the Carlton Ravens with a 16-4 and record. Number three, we have the Ottawa Gigi's with a 17-4 and record. Number four, we have the Alberta Golden Bears. Wow. With a 15-5 and record. And number five, look at this. St. FX. Remember a couple weeks ago, we were saying we wish an AUS team would get into the top five? Here we go. St. FX, number five, 15 and three. Number six, the Brock Badgers now with a 15 and five record. Number seven, those Bisons have moved up just a little bit, 18 and two record. Number eight, UBC Thunderbirds with a 13 and seven record. Number nine, the Queens Gales, 15 and five. Wow, a lot has changed in a couple weeks for this program, eh? It's crazy. And then at number 10, welcome to the party, Thomas Kennedy and the Hello. Windsor Lancers. And at number 10, 15 and 5 record. Daniel, walk me through your thoughts. Yo, honestly, first things first, big up to that Windsor program, man. You know, getting in, in the top 10, this is a team that you and, you and I kind of had on the board of being in the top 10 because they'll go on a three-game win streak and they'll lose. And then, but right now, they're hot. Um, honestly, for like on the men's side, if it was the one team I don't want to see in the playoffs, it's the Windsor Lancers right now. I'm being completely honest with you. Um, shout out to them, but Queens dropping. They're number two at one point. They're now number nine in the country. They lost to York. Moment of silence for that. Um, but one thing that stuck out to me, I don't like how Alberta has creeped into the top five. They've just been there. They've been at six and seven the whole season. And then as soon as Brock loses two games, Cinefx loses one, boom, they put them into the top five. I think Alberta is definitely paying you sports money because they haven't left this list once. <laughs> they haven't left this list once. They've just been in between seven and five, and now they got boosted right into top, that four position. Are they really the number four team in the country? I, I don't think so. I'm not there to put them yet. Like, they have five L's on the season. I don't think, I don't think you know, top five? I don't think. I don't think so. But shout out to Diego Mafia and Uvic as well, too. Back-to-back weeks, the number one um, team in the nation as well, too. St. FX, man, they're crawling. They're crawling. I think uh player last night, 10 threes in a game, broke the St. FX record. So shout out to them as well, too. Playoffs is going to be interesting. Can't wait for the final eight. 
Can't wait for some great games this weekend as well. Can the West playoffs are about to begin. Get your popcorn ready, man. Get your popcorn ready because we're going to see who is the true team out West. So you thought you were going to get away from this. You thought I was going to let you off. Last week, I talked to you about Queens. You had your excuses ready. You had every excuse in the book ready. Every excuse in the book ready for their loss last week. Now, listen, I ain't going to talk down at York because one of my good friends just got hired as the new athletic director at York. Shout out to him. That York University is going to turn up over the next couple of years. I believe because they got the right person leading that athletics program. But as of right now, you lose to the York line, something's wrong. So, Daniel, you thought I was going to let you off clean. I ain't going to let you off clean, bro. I need an explanation right now. How do you explain the Queens Gales losing to the York Lions? I need an explanation right now. The people need an explanation. My God, you know what? Queens even needs an explanation too. Some of them players need an explanation because probably they don't even know how that happened. So talk to me. Explanation. Please give it to the people. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. Like, you know what? I like to say every team is going to get at least, you know, one or two bad L's on a season. You know what I mean? We've seen Regina. They lost to UBC, Okanagan, K, whatever, cool. UVic lost the game as well, too, cool. But York, no. You don't, you know, Queens, you can't, you can't do that. You know what I mean? You can't be losing to teams like York. Those are teams that even if you don't have Lucas, you still got to get those wins in because now it's crunch time. Because two weeks ago, you know what? You were not, uh, arguably the number one seed in the OUA, and now you're 15 and five, and now you're ninth on the rankings. This is not a good look, look for the Queens program at all. I get injuries are a thing, but York are teams that you see on your schedule, like, okay, I have to win this, especially late in the season. This is February. This is not November. You got to get your stuff together, man. No excuses there for that Queens team. It's time to hit the panic button in Kingston, Ontario. It's time. It's time to hit the panic button in Kingston, Ontario. The reality is, if you're closing out the season on a losing streak and you're losing to York, then you are in a very tough place. Tough place. How this team is going to recover, I don't know. But the reality is, right now, is Queens ready to take on teams such as Ottawa? Carlton? Absolutely not. Windsor? Absolutely not. They're not even in the same stratosphere as those programs right now. It's funny. Queens, Gales, 15 and 5. Windsor Lancers, 15 and 5. But two completely different stories. One team is trending upwards and getting hot and playing their best basketball of the season. And another team right now is melting down before our eyes. The Queens Gales need to get it together because if they don't and they enter the playoffs on a losing streak, we're looking at, I'm ready to say we're looking at a first round exit for this team, which would be an absolute travesty based on the expectations many had for this program just three to four weeks ago. Unbelievable. Windsor Lancers, I got to piggyback off what you said. They, they did it the hard way. They did it the hard way. This team doesn't have no historical backing. 
to put them in the top 10. Uh, they haven't faced many ranked opponents, right? They've had win streaks come and go. They've had a couple of losing streaks. They did the slow climb to the top 10. And every week you and I sat here and said, where the hell are the Windsor Lancers? Well, this week, here they are in at number 10. So they did the slow climb. They got to the top 10 the hard way. And now they're hot at the right time. They're closing out the season the right way. And again, I agree with you. This is a team I wouldn't want to see in the OUA men's basketball playoffs. I would not want to see this team. Scores all around, and they're led by probably the most dangerous big man in the country right now in Thomas Candy. I don't want to see the Windsor Lancers. One more thing. Man, I don't know what you got against Alberta. I don't know what you got against Alberta, bro. (laughs) I don't know what you got against the Alberta Golden Bears. But we got to give them their flowers because, remember, we sat here laughing about this team six, seven weeks ago. Talk about this team being 500 in the top 10. Like, what business do they have being in the top 10? And now sitting here looking at this team, and they're 15 and 5. They're no longer 500. All right, what do you got to say? You, you, you look like you got something to say. I know you, you got something to say, so I'm going to let you speak. What you got to say? Because here's my, here's my thing with Alberta, though, and, like, this kind of big school bias. You know what I mean? Manitoba, 18 and 2. Alberta, 15 and 5. Manitoba swept Alberta in the season series. Okay? Early on in the season, I get, it, I get that. But this whole thing with, like, Manitoba has to play competition. Well, they swept the number four team in the country. They have a better record than the number four team in the country. They play in the same conference as that same Alberta program, but they're not giving that same level of respect. For what reason? I don't know. Again, like, I get it. Alberta has played better opponents. We're just looking for, like, tip for tat right now. Manitoba, they beat. They swept Alberta. They have a better record for them. I just don't see the point in putting them there when you have a clearly better team in the Canada West who's been performing better. Even UBC is getting very questionable to me right there at 13 and seven. That's a very questionable program right now. And I'm not too confident with that big school bias right now in the Canada West conference. Two things. I'm going to just say this. First off, UBC, a number eight team in the country, 13 and seven record. Why can't TMU do it? I'm going to just say that 13 and seven record. You, you knew you, come on, you set yourself up for that one. Second, there is no way right now you're going to sit here and tell me that the University of Manitoba is victim of a big school bias. You know, University of Manitoba, does that seem like a small school to you? Come on University now. University of Alberta. has been there no, no, even when they were 500. Hold on, hold on. But don't tell me Manitoba is a victim of a big school bias. Like, they're not a big school themselves. Like, they're a big they're school. Not basketball. They're not a big basketball school. My, my bathroom not specific. Oh, okay. You know, football, okay. but... Basketball, their, their programs have been disrespected all year. True or false? I get what you say when you say, listen, they beat the number four team in the country, right? But when they beat this team, what was their record? It was the second game of the season. Exactly. There you go. So can we really look back and be like, oh, can we really look back and say they beat the number four team in the nation, but it was the beginning of the season when we didn't even know if Alberta was going to be good. Remember, this was the time when we were just cracking jokes about Alberta being 500 and what were they doing in the top 10? Clearly, this team has gotten much better. They've become much more consistent and they're doing their thing. But I hear you. I think, listen, there might be, of course, some historical recency bias there when it comes to the top 10. Uh, but 
you and I both know the reason why Manitoba right now is has been questionable this entire season has been because of their schedule. And you and I both know that we can't blame them for that, right? They don't make the schedule. They don't control how good the teams are that they play, all that stuff, right? Remember, this is a team that lost to Winnipeg just a couple weeks ago, all right? So where's Winnipeg now? I rest my case. I think that's why Manitoba is where they are. But I think a lot of people are looking at Alberta and saying that's the team that's going to win the Canada West Conference. We'll see, though. We'll see. I know you opening your eyes. We'll see. Anyways, Daniel, another amazing episode. Playoffs start this weekend in the Canada West Conference. My game to watch this upcoming weekend. TMU versus Brock. Back-to-back women's. No, you know, it's, it's the war, bro. This is a real rivalry right now. Yes. I think this is a very, like, this is one of the, like, low-key biggest rivalries in the OUA right now on the women's side. In 2020, Brock went to TMU and beat them at the OUA Championship on their home court. Yep. Last year, TMU came to Brock. And be us on our home court. So right now it's, it's a budding, budding rivalry. Even if the teams go, they lose all games um, throughout the season. When Timmy Brock play each other, like hearts out, you know, people are diving on the floor. It's, it's, a, it's a serious game, bro. That's a real rivalry game. Big two. These are two big games because if TMU goes two and zero this weekend, and McMaster goes zero and two this weekend, then TMU wins that division. TMU wins that division. Can you believe that? So oh, this trust God. this so this is it's a big weekend. <laughs> this is a big weekend. Um, so I'm looking solely at both these games, both TMU versus Brock games. I think I think that's a that's a must watch game. And then of course, first round of the Canada West playoffs on both the men's and women's side. Uh, we're gonna get our first look at some of these teams in playoff action. A couple of these teams kind of by. We ain't gonna get a look at we ain't gonna get a look at Manitoba yet on the men's side. They get to stay home for 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 one week. Right, but we do get a look at Winnipeg on the women's side. Apparently, I don't know if that's true or not. Canada West has them playing this weekend. We're gonna see. I think they're supposed to get the buy, but we'll see what happens. Um, but Daniel, what are you looking forward to? Like I like you said, bro, the Canada West playoffs. I think this is a. I feel like there's a lot of uncertainty in OUA, but in the Canada West, it feels like there's more uncertainty because we really don't know on the women's side who's the number one team. You have Regina, I have Sask, I have Winnipeg. You know, we don't know. And on the men's side, other than you, Vic, we also really don't know because, like you said, like Alberta is, is a team that's growing. Manitoba is also a team that, you know, is a top Canada West Conference. So there's a lot of uncertainty, but these playoffs this weekend are going to show us a lot. You know, even though we can't watch the games, but it's going to show us a lot. <laughs> uh, but listen, if you made this far, big ups to you. This podcast is available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. This is Deshaun Stevens and Daniel Noel signing off from the latest episode of the Bond of Podcasts. Peace and blessings always.